Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle. Thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. Also, find me at Sonic Cinema Podcast on YouTube. Today, I am joined once again by Matthew Saliba, a.k.a. our Sonic Cinema's official uh, Godzilla expert, if you will. Uh, we've discussed um, the history of Godzilla with the classic films as well as the more recent films uh, already on the podcast. We also discussed uh, Gamera 3, Revenge of Iris for the Class of 1999 series. We decided to top off this trilogy of discussing Godzilla and the kaiju genre in particular with the uh, recent release of Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I'm glad to have him on to uh, discuss this. Thank you for joining me, Matthew. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, like I said, it's been a real pleasure uh, talking about uh, Godzilla and Gamera, and I, I love the fact that I'm Sonic Cinema's uh, resident kaiju expert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it is not a paid uh, position. I I wish I could do that, but you know that's that's how that's how it works. Um, <laughs> I I also have resin Star Wars experts as well, so you know, and they don't get yeah. paid either. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, this is actually uh, this this is actually pretty fun. The way this turned out, that we ended up doing Godzilla, we ended up. Do- Talking about Gamera 3, and now we're sort of wrapping this up with Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which came out a couple weeks ago in the U.S. and worldwide. Um, the critical response to it overall was pretty, uh, was was not really good, um, but... No, it definitely, it definitely got mixed reviews uh, yeah. from what I was... I mean, I generally try to stay away from Rotten Tomatoes as a whole because I do think it's a bit of a flawed system the way they uh, congregate the reviews yeah. and, and average. Um, but uh, I know on um, I, I sometimes like to check the the Metacritic scores on IMDb, um, and you know you're in trouble like when it's like twenty and below. <laughs> but yeah. uh, at least, <laughs> but at this case, uh, it, I think it was it was hovering around between fifty and sixty, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it, it definitely had mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually kind of funny because as much as I like the, and appreciate what the Gareth Edwards, uh, film did in 2014 and tried to do, we, we did touch on, uh, flaws in the, uh, approach to, uh, that movie in our first podcast, uh, when we were talking about Godzilla in particular, but I have to say, I was I was pleasantly entertained uh, and enjoyed King of the Monsters quite a bit. Oh yeah, no, same here. I mean, uh, I and like you said, I mean, we definitely we went over the uh, the 2014 film with the fine tooth comb, and um, you know, I I, I I made it pretty clear that I, I wasn't really a big fan of it, but not necessarily for the reason that people were pointing out at the time you know the lack of Godzilla and such uh really just more because it was it felt like a wasted opportunity mm-hmm. and especially in light of um because I I I think uh, I was doing some reading the other day and I believe that legendary um because you know basically Toho licensed the rights to these characters and so if I'm not mistaken I think legendary had signed a three film deal for these characters mm-hmm. so, um mm-hmm. 
which is why, and I get we'll we'll probably touch on this a little later. Um, but because um, one of well, I'm jumping the gun a bit, but uh, but uh, so no, I think Legendary they had acquired uh, the rights for I think a two or three film deal. So which is why we're kind of getting this kind of monster verse trilogy here. But if anything, hearing that that made me hate the 2014 film even more <laughs> because because of the fact like you had three films. You know, you could have done so much with that first one, but enough about the first one. Let's let's yeah. talk about the the, very, the pleasantly surprising and and quite entertaining uh, King of the Monsters. So, um, so did you watch it in IMAX or did you see the regular? I did uh, not see it. No, I I did not see it in IMAX. I did see it in large format uh, theaters, though. Um, okay. We the the theater I work at does have a large format theater. It's comparable to the digital IMAX as far as like the screen size and stuff like that. Um, so I saw it that way, but it's, it wasn't like a format for IMAX. Um, but I wanted to see it in that, in the large theater format because of the fact that I, I did actually see the Gareth Edwards movie in IMAX and I really love that. Um, yeah, no, I thought, I mean, I, I don't know if one of the monsters, uh, cause I know sometimes, um, They'll, uh, I guess, because it's such a, it's it's a trend nowadays to convert your film to 3D or to upscale it to IMAX just to earn those extra theater dollars. Yeah. But uh, so I don't know if Queen of the Monsters actually had scenes shot in IMAX. I'd have to look into that. But uh, I mean, from what I saw, it looked really nice. Uh, the sound, especially, was quite spectacular, and uh, I, I almost can't imagine watching it. It's it's going to be very hard to watch this on uh, DVD and Blu-ray when it inevitably yeah. comes out. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it looked and sounded, uh, great. And I mean, uh, for anyone out there, um, who's listening, if you haven't seen it, um, I mean, I, I would definitely recommend trying to see it, uh, in that format if you can, uh, even if it's not authentic IMAX, it's still, it's to see these, these Titans, uh, I guess pun yeah. intended since that's what we call them in the movie to yeah. see them on the, the, on the big, big screen and big sound, uh, really does make a difference. Um, but no, I mean, I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, so I, I, that has to do with the direction, too, because I think the director was Michael Dougherty. Yes. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm right. So he did it was the, that was the, thing, the, the Christmas horror film from a few years back. Yes. I think that was, yeah, that was him. So, um, so I, feel like, I felt like he had a, a sensibility for this kind of material because uh, I'll tell you what, because... Uh, um, watching King of the Monsters, I kind of um, it gave me the feeling of watching a classic Godzilla film, particularly from the '60s, in the sense that you had this sort of over-the-top villain in uh, Chris Dance yeah. or Charles Dance, rather. Charles Dance, yeah. Because uh, yeah, there's a, I think there's a scene when they're on an elevator and the the uh, the, the little girl like kind of looks up at him, and Charles Dance tries to pretend he's human by smiling, but it's like <laughs> it's the most yeah. awkward thing ever. It's just it's <clears throat> such a, a Toony villain thing to do, uh, and then of course you had the, you know, um, I guess what some might call uh, not that I personally believe it, but like in the context of the film, you had sort of like the eco terrorists, which is you know something yeah. that came up in the sixties and seventies, and then of course you had a huge uh, monster melee where you had like all the greatest hits of all the uh, the kaiju. Mm -hmm. So in, in some respects, it, it kind of gave me a feeling of watching a classic Godzilla film from the sixties. And, I mean, there were so many little Easter eggs tossed in, I feel, for, like, the hardcore fans. I mean, the scene where Mothra uh, resurrects Godzilla with uh, her fairy dust from the wings, mm -hmm. I believe that actually comes from one of the films that was made in the 90s. And that's kind of a 
that's kind of a bit of a deep cut and especially the um uh, I don't know. It, it, are there technically still spoilers for this movie, or should we? Or I, should we go? I, I think we're sort of past it. the. I mean, I I think you know once you get past the second weekend, I feel like it's kind of fair game. I mean, we can put a spoiler warning on this, but I mean, fact of the matter is, we're talking about as the movie is still in theaters, so. Yeah, I, I'm never quite <laughs> sure because I've heard so many different things about what the rules are, or the quote unquote rules. Yeah, um, I but, mean, I I, okay, I think look, after. Two weekends, well, I think, are fair game. That people have seen it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the, I, I think, and for me, I think the biggest uh, uh, deep cut as far as uh, references to the classic series go uh, would be the uh, the post credit sequence where um, mm-hmm. Charles Dance buys the uh, severed uh, King Ghidorah head. Uh, because I think in the 1991 film Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, uh, Ghidorah is killed. Uh, one of his uh, heads are are chopped off, and then he's resurrected as a Mecha King Ghidorah. <laughs> so uh, it makes me wonder whether. Uh, yeah, I think we were joking about this on the on one of the last podcasts, but uh, it makes me wonder whether Kong versus Godzilla is going to end up being a Batman v Superman thing, where we'll see them fight. <laughs> And then there'll be that moment where, you know, one of them mentions Mothra and they're like, you know, I don't know her name, <laughs> uh, but where they'll end up like teaming up against maybe potentially a Mecha King Ghidorah. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so, so there were lots of fun Easter eggs in that. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, overall I thought it was really entertaining. I thought there was a great balance between uh, the monster action, but also the, the, the human characters as well. Um, you know, because again, in the 2014 film, everyone was saying about how there was too much focus on the humans. But again, if you watch any Godzilla film, I would, I would argue that three quarters, if not more, so it's comprised of scenes involving yeah. you know, human characters. So yeah. I don't think that's a legitimate excuse. But in this case, I, I actually thought the uh, the human characters, for the most part, were pretty engaging. I mm-hmm. mean, some of them, some of them were, you know. Um, uh, you have that. Uh, I I don't know his name offhand, but I just call him the uh, the dad from Get Out. The, the yeah, Get Out dad. Yeah, uh, Bradley. <laughs> it's Bradley you know? Whitford or something like that. Is that that that's it? Uh, but I, I know, know who you're that. talking about. Yeah, because you know what Get Out dad there. Yeah. Um. So you know he. Uh, I guess he was the designated guy to spout uh, one-liners and quips uh, yeah. <laughs> throughout the thing. And you know some hits, some you know miss. I mean, I think the yeah. the most cringy one was where I think. One of the characters says God, and then he says Scylla. And ugh, <laughs> like, uh, but um, no. So I mean, I, again, I was, I was, I was pretty surprised. I thought they captured the spirit of mm-hmm. a lot of the classic films. Uh, and I, I mentioned this on uh, in my mini Facebook review, but I think the biggest thing for me, and and I would imagine, for, I, I know you, you haven't seen all the Godzilla films, but I would consider you a, a bigger Godzilla fan than, let's say some of the uh some of the average folks that might be interested in seeing king of the monsters are i mean you know you know your stuff so i i, I would imagine that you felt the same way too like look i i as much as I, like i love for me godzilla will always be associated with you know man in suit you know the yeah. whole rubber suit thing and yeah. you know and i feel like you either like it or you don't i mean that's the whole thing about the kaiju mm-hmm. genre you know it's you either buy it or you don't um but you know, seeing these characters fully developed and presented in CGI with the expressions, especially King Ghidorah, because I love King Ghidorah, but I'll be the first to admit that, you know, if you watch those classic films, you know, those <laughs> those heads always 
looks so dead and lifeless because he's obviously, you know, being flown around on cables and such. So to actually see Kidora look like a, you know, I, I would venture to say a terrifying monster, uh, it, it kind of, it, I, I won't lie, I got a little teary-eyed seeing some of this stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get the feeling that these were the kinds of fights that, you know, the filmmakers back in the 60s and 70s wanted to make, but were obviously limited yeah. The technology, whereas now, you know, with CGI, you can create a lot of this stuff. And I know some people might think that's sacrilege for saying that, but you know, at this point, criticizing a film for using CG is sort of moot for me. Yeah. I just like that's that's where special effects are going. I mean, if you studied special effects, they've evolved mm-hmm. from stop animation to practical to you know what we see now. And um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure a, a man in suit Godzilla film would really work in Hollywood right now because I think. You know, oh, Hollywood no. is people to, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't mean, know unless it's made as a comedy. But. Yeah. No, yeah. and I. Uh, well, what did you think? <clears throat> um. Overall, I mean, I I think one of the things that I liked, it, if I had one sort of big complaint about the movie is that I felt like it was a little too long. Uh, I I did yeah. think Gareth Edwards' movie was pretty lean and mean it's like right under two hours you know mm-hmm. king of the monsters goes on a little too long but overall i think the balance uh the way they were able to balance the uh story with the monsters the titans versus the human element of it really made that not as much of an issue for me yeah, I mean, because I, 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 it's, I think it's around two nineteen or somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely over two hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel, and I mean, this sort of, because I'm, I'm sort of glad that we're doing this a couple of weeks after we've seen the film, just mm-hmm. because uh, I remember, like, after seeing the film, I was gushing about it. Whereas now, I've <laughs> had some time to let that gestate. It's yeah. So some of the flaws. I mean, a little more apparent than they might have been, you know, after seeing it for the first time. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like the length, the reason why it's a little long and is because, and again, I mean, because I, Legendary has the rights to the film, these characters for only so many movies. So I, I feel like they tried to kind of maybe stuff a little too much into King of the Monsters. Yeah. Uh, I, I must admit that, you know, as much as I, and, and this was something else I really liked about the film, because uh, if you if you might remember, like in, for the 2014 film, my problem was that they didn't, they, Godzilla sort of just came across as a regular monster. There was really no backstory or any attempt to try to make the film, right. like the character relate to American audiences. Yeah. Um, so, with King of the Monsters, I feel like uh, they rectified some of that by, uh, um, you know, by insinuating that these creatures had uh, lived before humans did, and they're coming back to reclaim the Earth. So I kind of like that. I thought that was a, an interesting take. At least you know they're trying mm-hmm. to etch these characterology and whatnot. Um, but I also felt that, you know, as interesting as that was, I kind of felt like the same way I felt when I watched Batman v Superman, in the sense that. I felt like I missed the movie going into this. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if you yeah. that way, but I felt like this wasn't really addressed in the <clears> first <throat> film. I mean, it's sort of addressed in the post credit sequence for Kong Skull Island, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's very presumptuous to assume that people are going to remember uh, that one isolated scene, especially when it's not really developed in yeah. any of the... You know what I mean? So, well, so I felt well, especially since I mean, and I I've only seen Kong Skull Island once, and I mean, I I 
I'm going to have to see it again before Godzilla versus uh, Kong comes out. Uh, I, I, you know, and the thing is, it's like I knew that obviously that we're talking about this monster verse where Godzilla and K- King Kong were going to interact, but at the same time, I didn't. When you watch Kong Skull Island, I just it doesn't. The movie itself doesn't feel like it's part of the same universe as the Gareth Edwards films. Yes, yeah, it was definitely because <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the Godzilla films have been, and we could definitely talk about this, but they, they've definitely been very dark uh, yeah. in some cases, literally. <laughs> uh, but um, in terms of how everything takes place at night, uh, but whereas Kong is more in the daytime, where you can actually see the action and such, and it had a, a mm. bit of a lively. That's why I, and I think we might have even talked about this earlier, but that's why I was a little confused as to what film technically kicks off the monster verse because I felt yeah. that Kong. Kind of did a better job than the 2014 film because at the very because well, I mean, because Kong takes place before Godzilla because I think it takes place in the, or the 60s, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, and so like with the post credit sequence where they kind of introduce all the creatures, the monsters that we would see in King of the Monsters and, and say that you know they've been here for millions of years and such. Um, I, that's why I felt that film technically kind of kicked off the monster verse just because there's more of a direct tie what we're going to see with these next few films um so yeah no i just felt like i was very interested in the mythology but at the same time i felt like i I would have liked to have seen that introduced in the gareth edwards film yeah because because then you would have gotten all that exposition out of the way you could have potentially introduced some of the other monsters and that way Perhaps King of the Monsters would have ended up being a little leaner because if because when mm. you think about it, you're kind of stuffing three origin stories into yeah. like film. <laughs> so, um, so that was one of my. So, like you, I mean, I definitely felt it was a little long, but I, I but I also feel like one of the reasons was that they may have tried to stretch this movie a little too too much for its own good. Yeah. But um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, again, seeing seeing these creatures fight for the first time. Uh, was definitely a sight to behold. Um, I was, uh, I thought Rodan actually. Um, uh, I mean, I, I like the way Ghidorah kind of came off, but I thought that Rodan actually got the best treatment because um, if you watch any of the classic films, uh, he's always the dopiest looking kaiju. <laughs> he's a he's a pterodactyl, but like when he stands on land, like his head is constantly bobbing, and hmm. it, you know he, he he doesn't look like a very serious threat. Whereas in this film. Uh, he, he's the biggest he's ever been. I think they did some motion capture where they actually had an actor doing the uh, physical, um, like his uh, facial expressions. And that definitely shows, particularly, um, at the end of the film where, you know, mm-hmm. well, again, assuming people have seen this. So at the end of the <laughs> film, you know, all the monsters kind of come and bow down to Godzilla, you yeah. know, Rodan's expressive. So I kind of got a kick out of that. And, um, if, if anything else, I kind of thought Mothra might have got the short end of the stick in the sense that um, in the sense that her design wasn't. I think that might be a, an example of how I actually prefer the the rubber suit to the CG. I felt like with the CG Mothra didn't quite look um, as as good as I was maybe hoping she would. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, but then I'll tell you this: um, one of the great thrills of the of seeing the film wasn't so much the the movie after uh, itself it was more the aftermath because there were a lot of kids who kind of came to see the film and you know as i was exiting the theater there was a bunch of kids all standing together and it was just really 
was just really nice seeing them talk about this stuff and how mm-hmm. cool it was. And, oh, you know, we should try and, like, find some of the older films. Uh, so when I heard that, I got really excited. Yeah. And, and I almost wanted to talk to them and give them a lecture about <laughs> <laughs> Uh, instead, I pointed them out in the in the direction of our Sonic Cinema podcasts. Right. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. but uh, so no, so I mean so at the end of the day, um, you know, I, if if this film, you know, with warts and all, if it, if it introduces people to the greater world that exists out there with all the other films, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm happy. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I mean, I I and given. You know, you talking about how Legendary really only has the license for like three movies. It's like, I I do agree that it's like it feels it felt like especially with this one that they're going through a little too much of his rogues gallery. And yeah, like right, the, they could have broken it up over yeah. a couple. Of- but given the fact that it's like they supposedly only have like three movies licensed for these characters, it's like that kind of makes more sense. But at the same time, it's make you are right it does sort of make the some of the choices they make in the uh first movie feel a bit more disappointing even more disappointing um yeah um i mean at the very least they could have introduced uh, mecha godzilla because that's that's another one of godzilla's big uh, popular foes i would say probably yeah. right under Ghidorah. and i mean unless mecha godzilla is going to make an appearance in, in godzilla <laughs> I don't think we're going to see that this time around, but, yeah. um, but, um, no, I mean, was there anything else that kind of stood up for you as a flaw or is I, something that, well, I mean, I, I, I love the, uh, I love the action between the Titans in this movie. I think it, I, I mean, I think the entire movie is really beautiful. Um, just the way they, the, the way they shot it, the way they, uh, in, in the way that they, Built the action sequences I thought was really uh, it, it was just really beautiful to watch I mean I think if you're going to do these characters in CG it's like I do feel like they're they're making the most out of that when it comes to the action sequences well uh, let me ask you this because <clears throat> um, I was I recently watched um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the the angry video game nerd or James Rolfe at all I a little bit. I haven't watched any of his videos in a while, but yeah, I mean, I, I I've I've seen some of his mo- videos. Well, because he um because he he's a he's a filmmaker, and I and I really enjoy his because uh, um he'll he'll do videos with different people, but uh, I often enjoy the film reviews that he does, where he's by himself just talking to uh, the camera because he's really knowledgeable and very passionate about uh, the things that interest him. And so among the things that he's interested in uh, is kaiju or Godzilla movies. And so uh, his his main criticism of King of the Monsters uh, is that um, most, if not all, the um, the action involving the, uh, the, the Titans seem to take place at night and in the rain. Yeah. And uh, I was just curious as to how you thought about that. Did that sort of hamper your enjoyment of those scenes, or did you feel they overdid it a bit? Or I, I, I definitely felt that way at the end, the the final scene in uh, Boston. I, I felt like that really, that that didn't necessarily help matters any mm-hmm. when it came to the action. I thought the other, I, I thought the other sequences were otherwise fine. I I really I didn't have a problem with it so much in the earlier action sequences, but yeah, the the scene in Boston was definitely it definitely could have been helped to have that sequence like 
either either during the day or at night, but also not raining. I, I think that was yeah. the biggest issue. Yeah, it was just because it felt like a lot of this, the same. I I mean, the battles themselves were different, but I mean, uh, I, I, I definitely felt that there could have been a little more variety. And that's why yeah. I'm kind of hoping for Kong uh, or Godzilla versus Kong, because I know the original one <clears throat> in, from 62, a lot of the action did take place on sunny, tropical locations. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious as to how that carries over to this new okay. one. I mean, I had heard some uh, theories be a, um, as to why they tend to do that kind of stuff. Because <clears throat> uh, it's not just Godzilla. I find like a lot of these films seem to take place, like when they have these big fights, they tend to pay, take place at night or with the rain or in very distracting environments. Yeah. I'd heard because, like if there's like flaws with the CG, it's an easy way to kind of cover it. Mm-hmm. So you're not really noticing that. Yeah. But then, you know, when I hear that, I'm thinking, well, why are there flaws in the CG? Nothing dollar budget, there better not be any damn flaws. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I uh, I think sort of part of the issue with that is you've got you've got a filmmaker, you've got studios that are so determined to make the uh, release date as opposed yeah. to making mm-hmm. the movie as perfect as it can be. I think that's. I, I think that might play a part into uh, that. That's no, that's a very good point, and that that that's why it always strikes me that um, um, these films seem to be, and, and not just this, but I think like any like yeah, at the rate that they're making Star Wars movies and Marvel movies, yeah, it, it's astonishing that they can get as many done in a year because you would think these things would take you know anywhere between three to five years apiece, especially for something with involving a lot of special effects, but. Yeah. I guess they're able to either fast track it or, or, or maybe they're just really good at it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping like for the last one that they end up doing that there, there might be a little more variety in terms of the, the locales and then yeah. of course the, the lighting itself, because uh, it, it would be nice to actually see them fight in the daytime and uh, mm-hmm. you know, get to see them all warts and all. Yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, I and I think this I think this movie definitely benefited from the fact that, you know, we, we talked about the you know, one of the biggest complaints about the Gareth Edwards movie was that it focused on, you know, too much on the human characters, not enough on Godzilla. I think thinking about that, especially in context of King of the Monsters, it didn't help that the characters that it did follow in Godzilla were largely relatively uninteresting characters yes like if it had been solely focusing on like ken watanabe one atop uh oh ken uh oh geez yeah yeah and sally hawkins character in the original godzilla and then maybe you don't kill brian cranston the first first 30 minutes i think you've got an infinitely more interesting movie that people will have appreciated a little bit more um oh I definitely think that if they had done that, uh, people would be a little more forgiving. Yeah. Because uh, that's the thing, yeah. Because, I mean, if you are going to focus a lot of the action on, on the human characters, they, they should be interesting and engaging. And, and again, I think for the most part, they were in King of the Monsters. I, I yeah. can't think of an offhand who didn't really belong there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even some of the characters who had sort of, you know, cringy one-liners, I kind of... Even that, I considering who directed the film, I wouldn't be surprised if that was put there deliberately as sort of a throwback to yeah. you know action films where 
you know, as much as we like to look at these movies with rose tinted glasses, uh, you know, you, if you put your critics hat on, you'll find plenty to, oh, yeah. <laughs> plenty of um, so I, I didn't really mind that that much. Um, again, I, I really like the, um, I really should have wrote these character names down before I did this, but I really like the, the mother daughter, yeah. uh, storyline, um, yeah. that was very interesting. And I think that carried for the most part, a lot of the non kaiju action. I thought that was probably, the, mm. I mean, second to seeing all the kaiju stuff. I thought that was a very interesting story. Uh, I thought like she had some interesting layers because I mean, while, I mean, you could argue she was either a hero or a villain, but either way, there was a lot of subtlety and nuance what she was doing. You could almost, to some extent, kind of see where she was coming from, but at the same time, you could sort of see what happens when people decide to make decisions for the the rest of the world, you know, Mm. and how they may not agree with that decision (laughs) when it involves unleashing monsters. Um, So I I really appreciated that. Uh, And again, I mean, I like Charles Dance as the the cartoony villain. Yeah. Uh, I almost kind of wish we saw a little more of him because he did seem to disappear about halfway into the Mm -hmm. movie. Um, But uh, but judging by the post-credit sequence, it would seem that he may have a role in the the next one that they're doing. So that would be fun. And if I'm not mistaken, I thought the... The, the character who, uh, uh, the father character, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was in Kong Skull Island. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think a friend pointed that out to me. me how that, let me see. That, if that's the case, I think that character deserves a medal because not only did he fight Kong, he fought Godzilla. <laughs> and survived. <laughs> so that, there's something that not, not too many people could say that. Yeah. No, Kyle um, Chandler. Yeah. I mean, he he's, and I mean, yeah, I I do agree that it's like yeah, it you you feel like maybe Charles Dance was a bit bit drifted, but at the same time, I mean, with the post credit sequence, it's like yeah, you kind of get the feeling you're going to see that character again. Um, mm-hmm. Bradley Whitford is the character who you know from Get Out. He's best known now for Get Out, um, yeah. even though he's always been. Although he was, um, before that, he was best known for his role in The West Wing. Um, oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot about that, but you're right. Yeah. And then oh, it, hey. it's funny. It's like I looked at his character watching the movie, and I couldn't help but think of his character in uh, Cabin in the Woods, the Drew Goddard horror film. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't oh, help but think about him in that one. Is This one's sort of like an extension of that. oh boy you know because i think i've got actually got cabin in the woods in my netflix cube i might actually watch that tonight now that you brought him up and i'd forgotten that he was in that as well but yeah yeah. um so no so i mean like i you know and and look at this you know we we've had a conversation about all the fun characters which is which isn't something you can always say about a godzilla film it's you know usually you kind of (laughs) i I found some of the human characters just as interesting. I mean, again, I, I, tend, I, I avoided reviews going into the movie because, mm-hmm. well, I mean, one, I mean, this was a film I was going to see no matter what, but also I just feel like, you know, some reviews are, are kind of written with an agenda in mind as opposed to, you know, really giving people an honest assessment of what the movie's about. So I, I avoided them going into the movie, but then after the fact, I started reading some just to see if, you know, I was the only one who enjoyed it as much as I did. And, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people seem to think that there were maybe too many human characters, and I mean, 
I don't know if there's any validity to that, but I mean, I, I, su- I suppose you could have condensed a few characters into one, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I if, if you watch any classic uh, Ishiro Honda Godzilla film, I mean, there were there, you know, that that those films had you know casts of thousands. I yeah. mean, it, in the sense that it, it was always a large group of people yeah. coming together from different backgrounds to you know team up and save the world. So I, I, I thought in many respects this film. I mean, obviously, minus the CGI and maybe a few other things, uh, wouldn't necessarily look out of place, you know, if you were to put mm-hmm. that in the classic lineup because it really did feel like a throwback to that. Yeah, and I mean, um, I, I think for and for the most part, I mean, I think like sort of the monsters as metaphor and the fact that they actually brought like a an ecological theme to the film, I think that definitely helped. Yeah, I yeah, I was reading that actually in your because you when you when you posted your review, I, I definitely wanted to see what you thought of the film. And uh, yeah, I read that. I read what you wrote there. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I yeah, I think there definitely was a bit of that there too. And uh, and I think that helped the film quite a bit because it gave it that message mm-hmm. that I felt the the previous film was lacking. And uh, and and when Godzilla was first uh, conceived in '54, I mean, it was meant to be a, a metaphor for you know, the, the follies of man and what happens when too far. So I definitely felt that was in there, uh, in this film. Uh, if, if anything, maybe it could have been, well, uh, I don't know if it could have been pushed more than that. I think it was pretty, pretty straightforward, but, Mm -hmm. but I I liked how they included that and how they tried to view the monsters. Uh, I'm still a little confused as to how that was going to save the earth. Having monsters. (laughs) I'm still a little lost. Supposed to help, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I mean, it's great for the the monsters. I'm not sure yeah. how that benefits us. <laughs> but no, uh, that, that is an excellent point. Well, it's funny. I I will say I did like the uh, and and I will say it's like I I did like the callback to the idea of the oxygen destroyer. You know the oh, the, yes. the weapon that they originally tried to uh, kill King Ghidorah with. That you know is oh, obviously yes, how Godzilla dies in the original movie. Um, yes, although I must say that uh, I, I I got a kick out of seeing that too. But I think uh, the fact that it didn't actually kill uh, any of the monsters is yeah. <laughs> I, it, well, I, <laughs> I mean either they've developed some immunity to this because well it, it's just funny because the oxygen destroyer is supposed to be this uh, impervious weapon right. That can, do wrong but so i kind of got a kick out of how it only uh it kind of it's it's gonna sound odd but it kind of reminded me of the the black knight from monty python and the holy grail (laughs) where like godzilla gets like oh it's just a scratch (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's true it didn't really kill anything um but that's a good point uh that's a good point because like yeah there were so many fun little easter eggs for fans and and that was that big one there um i did like uh visually at least you know when they kind of they i think it was they they went into the ocean they found godzilla's mm-hmm. i guess godzilla's lair yeah <laughs> where he was feeding on because they they've always sort of alluded that to that in in the the earlier classic films about how he feeds on um nuclear uh, energy yeah. but we've never seen it or we've never actually you know, we don't really know what that means. I'm not sure what it means to feed on <laughs> killer <laughs> energy. So it was kind of nice to like visually, and especially like in the IMAX, or even if you saw it like in a large format, it, it, yeah. it, those scenes really look gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and 
they they blew it up mm-hmm. <laughs> they blew up the location but um but uh but it's you know that, that was a nice little piece to the godzilla mythos that um was kind of missing i, I actually thought in some of the earlier films so it's nice that they kind of threw that in mm-hmm. yeah and uh, i i did really like the score to this one by bear mccreary um yeah oh yes 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 i'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. yeah i i love the score too uh, and I especially loved all the inclusion of the the classic Akira. God, I, I never know how to pronounce it. Akira Ifukube, uh, the original composer of Godzilla. Yeah. There were a lot a lot of callbacks to his classic stuff. Mm-hmm. That was something I thought was also missing in the 2014 because uh, yeah. I, I I don't think they had any of the classic Godzilla cues. So I liked how they I, I like how in some cases in King of the Monsters they included them in their entirety, like the way mm-hmm. they were originally. And then there were some cases where it was sort of remixed into a more modern score. Yeah. But uh, but what a difference it makes when you have those class those classical mm-hmm. cues. Uh, yeah, and as much because... as yeah, and as much as I really love uh, Alexander Desplat's uh, score for the 2014 movie, yeah, I I was definitely much more entertained. And yeah, I mean the the callbacks to the classic themes and stuff like that were a really great touch. And it almost feels it's weird because it almost feels like with the 2014 film they were trying to see if American audience modern American audiences would resonate with you know Godzilla as a big large scale uh, movie monster mm-hmm. so they kind of wanted to do they they wanted to kind of do their own thing about it they wanted to they didn't want to go too deep into um, the you know what we what anybody who's seen like the old, any of the old school uh, Godzilla movies, uh, any of those ideas, and then with this one, it's like, oh, okay, we can we can have some fun with this now, and it, it feels like that's sort of you know sort of a different you know it it's very much you know you you mentioned you know not not incorrectly that it's like this. It feels like 2014. It feels like uh, this is a little bit more of what they're trying to do with a monster movie than the 2014 was. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, this was. Um, it, 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 it's hard to say, but this film was both uh, a more serious film than the 2014 film, but also uh, more fun too. Yeah. I, I'd say in the sense that there was more. There was more. Um, a more concerted effort to have a, a compelling backstory for these creatures. Like, where did they come from? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how they don't necessarily um, sort of rely on the tried, uh, tested, and true. You know, well, these creatures were, you know, some uh, a nuke on them and mutate into this. That that always felt like a a very easy way to describe these creatures, like where they came from, and that. So I like how in this case there was this insinuation that. You know, they, they've lived for millions of years and were here before us. If, mm-hmm. if anything, it almost uh, has the Lovecraft uh, feel like these are the elder ones or the, the old ones that have come yeah. back to claim the earth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely felt that. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I know we were talking about how, um, you know, the 2014 kind of missed the boat and as far as trying to find a way to reinvent Godzilla. But I think King of the Monsters picked up the slack for that. And uh, it's definitely the 
out of all the U.S. films, it's definitely, at least for my money, the best one. I mean, mind you, that's not too much <laughs> concerning what the competition is. But um, but you know, but on its own, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good film, and uh, certainly one of the uh, as far as like the big budget uh, special effects films go, certainly uh, the best that I've seen this year so far. Although John Wick three comes pretty close. Um, yeah. But um, so no, I mean I. You know, I, I'm looking forward to the next one. I mean, I, I do think it's a shame that um, the the rights uh, were obtained for as few films as they were obtained for. But I guess Toho is pretty consider, and, and I don't blame them considering you know some of the past incarnations of yeah. Godzilla. Um, I don't blame them for wanting to keep a tight, short leash on Hollywood for that. But uh, hopefully, yeah. between this film and and hopefully the Kong one as well. You know, Legendary has proven itself to be a studio that is taking this seriously and wants mm-hmm. to make good films and just doesn't want to cash on the, the past reputation of these characters that, you know, hopefully Toho gives them another shot to maybe expand the universe a little more and maybe introduce some of the other kaiju. Yeah. Uh, and, and who knows? I mean, maybe give us that big Godzilla versus Gamera dream match that uh, mm-hmm. everyone wants to see, but for whatever reason is, has never happened. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that uh, I think Godzilla King of the Monsters is it, it's definitely I the way heck the way this summer's going as far as uh, big movies. I mean, it's it's kind of like I'm, there's not really a whole lot that I'm overly excited about the rest of this summer. Like this was I mean, they're uh Midsummer, the Ari Aster movie, which isn't a big scale movie at all, but you know it's a movie I'm definitely looking forward to. Spider Man: Far From Home is a fan of the MCU. I want to see. But, oh yeah. Like as far as there's not really much in the way of big action movies that I'm really getting that excited about the re- most of the rest of the year, and it's like, you know, I I could, this one definitely does stand out as something that is. Uh, is entertaining and I mean I think does what it wants to do really well. Yeah, and and I hope because uh, <clears throat> I've noticed too. I think it's opening weekend. Uh, I mean, it's, it feels so silly to say it only made one hundred thirty million dollars, but um, you know, because one hundred thirty million dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but I think it only made one hundred thirty million for its opening weekend, or somewhere in that ballpark. And um, yeah, worldwide so- it. it that was around where it was, and it's like, I oh, mean, is that the worldwide? That was worldwide, yeah. Because oh, domestically, gosh, okay. it, domestically, it's only made eighty million right now, which is crushing oh. to me. Because I, I, yeah. I was looking at the box office mojo, and it's like, it may not even pass the Roland Emmerich Godzilla, the Ameri- domestic box office, and that breaks my damn heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really really sad to hear yeah. and I, you see and that's interesting because I, I can't help but wonder whether the reputation of the the emmerich film and to some extent the gareth edwards film kind of hurt the chances that yeah. this film had i feel like maybe some people might have written godzilla off altogether thinking oh is this just gonna be another one of these movies um and that's a shame because this is actually a really good film and yeah. they actually a lot of you know, I mean, whatever flaws it might have, I think the good far outweighs the bad. And I feel like, especially if you have like youngsters in the, in the family and you want to introduce them to, uh, to Godzilla, I mean, this, and 
for whatever reason you don't want to start with like 54 one um yeah. this is good as this is as good a film as any to introduce uh you know newcomers to because you literally have like you said the rogues gallery of characters there mm-hmm. i mean that's the the mount rushmore of godzilla villains yeah. um <laughs> all there um oh you know there was um uh, something else that i noticed i don't know if you picked up on it but the um the end credits uh when they were listing all the actors mm-hmm. uh, after all the the human characters they actually credited uh yeah. god's uh, and, and it was like Godzilla as himself, Mothra as herself. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a cute little egg that they, little thing that they threw in at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, I I think I I had seen that on Twitter like a few because I didn't see it opening night. Unfortunately, I had to wait a couple mm-hmm. of days to see it. But I had so I had already seen that on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, I I did I did like that little touch, and I like how I like how the end credits sort of tie sort of fill in a little bit of the blanks and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, getting ready for Godzilla versus Kong which I hope really turns out well um, I, I hope so too I mean the original one is probably like I, I might I think I mentioned this uh, the first time we talked about this I think that was probably the first Godzilla film I had ever seen or at least that I owned on VHS mm-hmm. so I mean like for me like the nostalgia is pretty strong with this film um, I mean I don't, I'm, you know, I don't want to go in with negative expectations, but I mean, I'm not expecting it to be necessarily as fun as the original one because, you know, that, you know, at, at that time King Kong had been re-released, so Kong was popular again and Godzilla yeah. had loaded, so they really captured lightning in a bottle at that time. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I feel like, you know, especially in light of what you were telling me about how much money King of the Monsters made, I feel like excitement of Godzilla is not quite at that fever pitch yeah. like it might have back in the 60s. So I don't know if this film is going to feel as monumental as it might have done, it might have felt back in the 60s. But I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm curious to see what Adam Weingard uh, brings to the table mm-hmm. because, you know, because of his background in mumblecore movies. So yeah. <clears throat> I'm sort of curious as to, uh, you know, how this is going to work. But then again, you know, sometimes uh, directors who come from a completely different background end up surprising you the most. And, you know, because they're thinking outside the box and they're not coming uh, into a franchise with the baggage that comes with being a genre director, you know, <clears throat> you know, like, for example, I mean, as much as people like J.J. Abrams, I think you know, people are equally annoyed with some of his uh more uh um some of the flourishes that he includes in his films yeah. that people aren't crazy about so i mean whether he makes a good or a bad film people are just going to write it off as a jj abrams film right mm-hmm. adam weingard i feel doesn't have that reputation you know because he he has a very diverse background as a filmmaker and it's kind of an inspired choice to have him direct the final part of this trilogy so uh, i i you know, I wish him well. I, I hope it turns out really good. I'll probably be there, you know, front row center, uh, you know, um, on day one. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see if any other kaiju make an appearance. Um, but 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 speaking, actually, on the subject of Kong, because I, I guess we can talk about it here, because I, I mentioned it on Facebook, like I that I felt that the uh, the ending of King of the Monsters was a bit of a missed opportunity. That's one of the things I, that was another one of the flaws I had in, with the film. So, um, but... Before I say this, uh, your uh, I think your enjoyment of uh, what I would do differently with King of the Monsters is contingent on you getting this reference. So, um, have you ever seen the movie uh, Ape? 
can't say that I have. Okay, have you ever seen a, a, a gif of a, a guy in a gorilla suit flipping someone off after smashing an airplane? No, I th- yes, I think I have. I'm sure it's very so. Um, so there's a film called Ape, which is an acronym for um, I think uh, automatic. Prim- uh, I'll I'll send you the I, I forget offhand, but anyway, it's a it's it's a King Kong knockoff film from Korea. <laughs> uh, so uh, so when Kong was remade in the in '76, the Dino De Laurentiis one mm-hmm. uh, with Charles and uh, so. Um, so a lot of countries jumped on the bandwagon. Like England made a film called Queen Kong, which is like a musical. Um, uh, there was a film in the States called The Mighty Gorga, which was a very terrible but highly uh, entertaining uh, knockoff. And then there was uh, Ape. And um, you, you should really, if you get a chance to track it down, you should really watch it. It's, uh, I, I won't lie to you. I won't say it's a good film in any sense of the word, but it's very entertaining. Um, and so there's a scene where, uh, you know, as they're wont to do, uh, planes are trying to shoot down the giant kaiju inva- invading their town. And so Kong just sort of, uh, oh, Kong, I mean, Ape sort of knock, like smashes one of the airplanes and then flips him off, <laughs> which is like, you know, just, it's, so I, so I thought, you know, uh, what would have been kind of fun, especially since the film has so many throwbacks and little Easter eggs, you know how at the end of King of the Monsters, uh, when, Ghidorah is defeated, and then all these kaiju are coming out of the woodwork, yeah. and they pay tribute to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I because you know they they hint at the fact that during all this chaos, that Kong sort of is out there gallivanting, doing stuff, you know. So so Kong must be aware of what's happening. And so I thought it was a bit of a missed opportunity because um, at the end, where they're all kind of bowing to him, you know, maybe. At you know, like uh, Godzilla kind of looks off to the to the side, and he sees Kong standing there, and like you know, he's expecting Kong to show his respect, but instead Kong flips him off, <laughs> 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 and then it just sets up Kong versus Godzilla, where you could literally pick up the pieces, or you could, you know. So I, <laughs> I mean, I know they they would never do that for obvious reasons, yeah. But I just thought, like, you know, given given the director, because you know he seems to have that sensibility uh, yeah. if this is any indication uh, I, I don't know I thought that might have been a fun little little wink to uh, knock off kaiju films but <laughs> also as a way to kind of set up Kong versus Godzilla yeah. but but I understand why they didn't go yeah. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> funny though yeah <laughs> that would have been really funny but uh... Um, but yeah I mean uh, anything else that uh, stands out to you about the movie uh, I don't really think I have anything else. Um, yeah, it, it was. I I I do want to see it again. I am like like I I'm kind of yeah. We'll we'll see how it holds up uh, when it comes to uh, on uh, on like Blu-ray and DVD. Because I mean, yeah, you're you're gonna miss that big screen experience, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to. I really enjoyed it. It's, it is. I I would definitely say I'd probably enjoy it more in the 2014 movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, what Godzilla versus Kong has to offer next year. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it too. And uh, and again, I mean, for for anyone who might have written this film off because of the the 2014 or especially the the 1998 film. Um, really, uh, give it a chance. I mean, uh, it, 
it's so it's so like I don't know because I mean I feel like you would I'm not sure how old you are but I, I get the feeling we might be the same generation so um, I know like when when we were growing up there was with the exception of Godzilla 1985 and Godzilla 2000 I mean there was never any Japanese Godzilla films that were first run in theaters yeah so I mean so the idea that we live in a time where these films are coming out like literally one year after the other mm-hmm. I mean I people should cherish this these times that they may not come back again. And, uh, and it's, it's a real shame that this film didn't do as well financially because hopefully that doesn't deter anyone from, uh, you know, picking up the ball and, and running with this again. Cause I think the monster verse could be a fun cinematic universe if yeah. given to develop the mythologies of all the characters. Um, Cause again, I do feel like it's, it's, it's rushing things a little bit, but mm-hmm. I understand crunch they they want to knock out all the greatest hits while they still have the rights um so no i'm, I'm looking forward to it uh, I, i'm curious as to what characters are going to make um are going to make that film as far as some of the human characters go because mm-hmm. um we're some fun ones from kong skull island but then again that film takes place in the 60s so i don't think brie larson or samuel jackson are going to be showing yeah. up in the um but uh, so i'm curious if there's any sort of continuity from that movie that carries over with this one mm-hmm. and uh, and again i mean um you know seeing these two creatures fighting in cgi doing the kinds of things that you know i mean again as much as i love the original film that you know they couldn't pull off in that movie it's going to be it's it's really going to be something to see and i definitely would encourage anyone who has even the slightest interest in this stuff to go out and support these films because uh it feels weird saying that we need to get people to support these it's almost like we're talking about these small dependent movies it's yeah like you should support these uh, struggling 200 million dollar franchises i know right no i mean <laughs> but, it's it's a fascinating no it's a fascinating thing uh, it it it's fascinating to watch on twitter it's like oh we need to support this movie we need to support this movie uh, this 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 movie is in like four thousand screens. I mean, people, <laughs> like, it, it's not like people can't find it. But oh, but the yeah. fact of the matter is, it's like that's that's we're saying that because of the fact that we enjoy the movie as well, and mm-hmm. we would like to see more movies like it. And I mean, yes, it's a two hundred million dollar movie. It's like, but those movies are important to get the smaller movies made. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and um, and and again, it's just um, and 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 it's good too. I mean, it's not uh, it's not like a soulless yeah uh, franchise. It actually, you know, they are trying to do some fun things, and I mean, you know, it's not uh, no one's ever going to confuse it with being Solaris or Stalker or right. anything like that. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, not you know, I'm not every film has to be that. I no. mean, you know, I think there's a place for all kinds of films and. You know, I mean, as far as mainstream blockbusters go, this is probably one of the smarter and, uh, you know, certainly more engaging ones. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was happy to see that you enjoyed it, too. And, um, you know, I think if, you know, we get the word out, uh, I I could see this maybe becoming a bit of a a cult film down the road. Um, Maybe find its audience, as as these films tend to do on video, Mm -hmm. down the road. I mean, I, and again, I mean, as far as where it fits in the grand pantheon of the franchise, I mean, it's definitely, for me at least, the best of the U.S. films. And I would argue it's probably even better than some of the uh, some of the Japanese ones, uh, particularly the ones that kind of came out in the uh, the end of the 90s, in, in the early part of the 2000s. Like, I enjoyed this more than Godzilla 2000, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or Godzilla, but the one that they made after that, the one where Godzilla's fighting these giant insects. Um, so there's there's a couple forgettable ones from the 90s that I would say that, you know, King of the Monsters sort of triumphs over. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that stood out, but um, I think we may have covered all the bases. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we, I think we, I think we kind of did. Um, yeah. Uh, well, mate, Matthew, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, it's always been it's always been great to talk to you, and especially given that we've had this through line of discussion <laughs> with all of these uh, with Godzilla, with Gamera Three, and now with Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It's it's been great to see. It's been great for me as somebody who isn't as well versed in the Godzilla franchise, but would like to be. Uh, to get to know these characters and these movies a bit better and to where I can appreciate something like Godzilla King of the Monsters and want to be want to go and revisit, you know, the first two movies in that Gamera trilogy. And mm-hmm. so I I definitely appreciate your insight and appreciate the uh discussions we've had this past year about this these uh the these movies. No, and I, and I appreciate you having me on. I mean, I've, <clears throat> I, 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 any, any opportunity I have to talk about this stuff is one that I leap at. But uh, again, like I've, I've, you know, I mean, well, I mean, it's no secret we're we're friends. But uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying this out of friendship. But I mean, I really do enjoy the work you do with Sonic Cinema. It's been such a pleasure to see this site grow from mm. uh, from back in. Because I think we, I think when when did we? I mean, I know we've never physically met, but yeah. I mean, when did we hear the e-meet? Uh, 2014, I think, was when I saw Rod aside. Right, okay, so, so, so that's so it's been a five-year journey, yeah. so I mean, it's great to see, you know, how far you've come, and uh, mm-hmm. and again, I mean, it's a pleasure to be on this podcast, uh, you know, you do such a great job, and uh, it's funny, uh, and, and don't, don't take this as an insult, and I really don't mean it as such, but... Because uh, I mean, for the longest time, this would have been a compliment until you know the whole Me Too controversy came up. Yeah. But I mean, uh, and and I'm not comparing you to him as a human being, but more as the style of interviewer goes. I really sort of liken Sonic Cinema to like the old Charlie Rowe show. I mean, minus the uh, <laughs> minus yeah. the Me Too stuff. But I, no, but you know what I mean. Like I know what said, you mean as far as like the the style of you know the way the discussion goes and stuff like that. And just I I really. You know, especially with uh, especially with uh, people like yourself when it comes to movies, and you know, I want to know what you think. I don't necessarily need to know what I think. I don't necessarily. Yes, obviously, part of this is me getting my interests and my opinions out there. But ultimately, especially if I'm de- if especially if I have somebody else to talk to, especially if it's somebody I'm not necessarily as familiar with as some of my friends, I ultimately want to hear from you more than I want to hear myself speak. So. No, that's, oh, no, that, that, that's, that, that's really refreshing because like uh, yeah. some podcasts, uh, I mean, I can't, I can't get past the opening five minutes because uh, the hosts are so, so obnoxious and such and that. So, I mean, it's just, it's so nice to meet someone who, who's as knowledgeable as you and who's mm-hmm. humble and, at a great format so yeah i mean keep uh, keep this up i mean uh i guess we'll have to have uh, an epilogue to this trilogy uh next year when yeah. kong and godzilla <laughs> on the big 
screen. But uh, but no, I mean, all this to say, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, and even when we did our very first podcast together, when I was talking about my own work. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, uh, it's it's been wonderful appearing on the show and, um, you know, wish you all the best and uh, hope to be back again soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely... We'll, we'll definitely uh, continue to think of new topics. I mean, you know, Godzilla versus Kong is next year. I mean, yes, we can. De we'll definitely try to talk about that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I have no doubt, based on you know, sort of our shared interests as far as film goes. I mean, I have no doubt that you know we'll have other subjects that we can talk about on here. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well. Um... Well, I guess this is your part. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much folks. for, but yeah, thank you for uh, joining me tonight. It was really great. Oh yeah, no, my pleasure. I'd like to thank Matthew Saliba, Sonic Cinema's resident kaiju expert, for joining me on the podcast again to discuss Godzilla, King of the Monsters, thus putting a close on this trilogy of podcasts on Godzilla and kaiju in general this year. Uh, you can hear us talk about his film career in one of the episodes last year, as well as Godzilla and the history of Godzilla, um, as well as Gamera 3, Revenge of Iris, for the uh, Class of 99 series. Uh, thank you very much for joining me at Sonic Cinema. Um, hit me up on Sonic Cinema Patreon at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. There's a lot of good uh, free stuff there, or stuff there for subscribers, as well as some early access reviews. I'm going to start to do a little bit more uh, unique stuff as far as writing for um, patron patrons beyond just early access reviews. Uh, you'll hopefully be seeing some more interviews with filmmakers uh, for movies that are going to be starting to screen at land soon and uh just keep uh keep on uh with paying attention and uh coming to www.sonicdecima.com for movie reviews and more thank you very much <laughs>